Hello and welcome back to RocketBot, the podcast where myself, James and Peter are on a mission to find some of the most incredible people, these, these visionaries from all across the world and bring them on the show and really deconstruct their stories, find out what makes them tick, find out how they've done what they've done and then share these insights with you guys, our listeners at home. Now on today's show, we're bringing on executive coach, trainer, speaker and mentor, Rory Berry. Sit back and enjoy. Let's do it. Um, so for, for our listeners, Rory and I met a few years ago now at a conference. We were both speaking. Um, I had never met him before and we instantly uh, got on really well. Um, I love the energy, the vibe, and obviously after his talk, just loved what he was doing. Um, and we've been on and off lots of um, walks and talks over the last sort of few years um, where we can with obviously lockdown. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to bring him on the show today to just really delve into his story. He's got a great um, energy, a great story, and yeah, just really excited to have him on. Um, so Rory, can you just kick us off by setting the scene for our audience, introducing yourself and giving us a little bit of a background of what it was like for you growing up? Sure. So originally born and raised in Cape Town, South Africa. Um, and along the way, I have done a few things which are include but are not limited to I spent some time at a summer camp in the States, in North Carolina, teaching climbing. I did outdoor education there. And during that time, I realized that I quite enjoy helping people. And so that sparked the journey, um, which went via 10 years of the performing arts, including randomly being able to say, I died of the Black Plague on British TV. There you are. Random fun fact for you. Um, And then once I left the performing arts, because I realized I quite like food, and being able to pay rent regularly. And when I met my now wife, I realized I can't live in my parents' basement forever. So moved into the corporate space and realized there were a lot of transferable skills that I'd picked up along the way that were as obvious as breathing to me, but were kind of like reinventing the wheel for others. So in terms of helping people around a training perspective of sales, communication, presentation, and storytelling, really was where I got started on the coaching journey. And then along the way, started realizing that people spoke to me instead of HR, which I took as a compliment. And they then left the conversations feeling motivated, encouraged, and possibly having some of the stuff of life demystified for them. And in so doing, I realized that this was something that I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And we decided to do um, a crazy move six years ago. So left South Africa, moved to the UK now reside happily in West Sussex. And last year, mid-pandemic, perfect time of course, left and went full, full time into my business. So this is now month seven as I rampage around and help people to demystify their own stuff, relook at the way that we look at the world, find the love, the light, the laughter, the surprise and the delight in it again, because it is exciting when we look for it and help businesses optimize their staff and as a result optimize their businesses awesome awesome so what was that transition like from south africa to the uk it was equal parts absolutely petrifying and beyond excitable i think the big thing when you do something that's that size of a change is the attitude you go into it with is very often the attitude that you land with. So if you leave a place going, I hate everyone, then you land, I hate everyone, which makes it hard to adapt. And for me, this was a massively excitable adventure. And so I left 
obviously sad to leave family and friends, but super amped to land and experience all of this grand adventure. Um, stayed with a friend for a couple of weeks, found found by complete accident, Horsham, um, because when I was looking for a place to stay, and there's one of the creatures behind me, we brought four of them with us, two dogs, two cats, and very few places would let us rent with that many. And I was in Horsham to look at a place and I walked past a bandstand and there was a brass band playing Queen songs and Star Wars theme tunes. And I was like, right, I live here now. And that was how I landed up in Horsham. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. So I guess so you do many different. So Roaring Berry was, what was it, seven months ago now. Um, yeah. And some of the stuff you do include uh, pitch training, um, coach on call, life and executive coaching. Um, so I guess we're going through currently a very challenging time. The last year has been very unexpected. Yeah. Um, and obviously mental health has been one of those extremely affected areas, huge amounts of challenges associated with it. And all of our listeners will have had these challenges over this last year. Um, so would you be able to maybe delve into some of the sort of learnings you've had of helping how these people can support themselves in these mental health challenges, maybe some methods, some advice, and really just a bit of support for them going through these challenges absolutely i think the biggest thing that i've tried to help people to do is i use one of the techniques that we learn from improvised theater improv which i did eight years of and that's to be 100 percent present in the moment with improv you can't think four steps ahead because then you're not actually listening to what's going on around you and you can't be in that moment and so I'm not saying have no hope for the future because obviously that is terrible advice, but it's about being able to be 100% present in the right now. So today is X and what am I going to do? I'm going to do the best today that I can. And tomorrow I'm going to wake up. I'm going to do the best tomorrow that I can. And so within that being 100% present in the moment, you can find surprise and delight in the simplest of things. In this country, we've been gifted with the opportunity to wander outside. Now, granted, it's not always the warmest, but there is still adventure to be had by going for a walk. And as you will have seen potentially on any of the things that I put out there, take a beat. And that's the other thing which I think a lot of people have forced themselves to learn, but been afraid to do. And that's stop. We're so used to being 8,500 bajillion miles an hour <laughs> that actually going <sighs> is scary for people. And that big exhale and that take a beat is when we can recharge. And so if nothing else, I've just encouraged people, even though we've been slowing down, to slow down with intention. Because a lot of people went from, oh, I'm not commuting, so I'll work those two hours extra why that's where you can take a beat and slow down that's where you can recharge that's where you can build back into yourself and when we stop and we pause and we take those beats we can reflect we can learn we can ch change which obviously is the scary thing because even though it's constant it's still scary and we have to grieve a change to accept a change even when we want it so as we exit in theory over the next little while there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be really confused as to why they're frustrated and potentially like, I'm going to use the word cranky because it's the, the polite word um, for 
the way they're interacting with the world because something's coming that everyone has been talking about excitedly. Like we're going to be allowed out into the wild again. But that's a change which still has to be grieved in order to be properly accepted. And that grieving process can be milliseconds or weeks, months, and years. But until we've accepted and grieved, we can't step into the next. And I think that that's something that businesses need to be very wary of at the moment and look after their staff and guide them. But we as human beings need to be taking those beats and just listening to ourselves and being kind to ourselves. It's interesting. So, okay, um, I, I can definitely see <laughs> the, uh, the like you mentioned the example, you're not commuting anymore. That, that would be a good time to, to take some time out. I think I'm probably the I'm probably the candidate or the patient that is going at 8,000 miles an hour and probably doesn't give a lot of beats. Um, and, and I think uh, one of the challenges that I've had personally has been um, being in the moment. Um, and I go pretty deep into, I guess, into myself. Um, I'm quite a, a deep thinker, but uh, sometimes it's quite challenging uh, to actually, yeah, to be in the moment and uh, with, my, with my daughters and, you know, it's, they, they need me to be present. Rory, another word that we tend to use is the word discipline. And I think that is extremely key to, to a huge amount of things. And I think having that break requires discipline. Um, and similar to James, I've over the last sort of 10 months to a year have sort of that time that I should have used probably more. Well, not should have used, but I should have allocated a bit more time to maybe stopping or reflecting. It's just being go, go, go. Um, so how do you what, what do you think of when you hear the word discipline? Um, and yeah, why is that so important? It's quite interesting. Words are powerful and how and how we use them and which ones we use are so intentional to success. So some people will hear the word discipline and be like, oh no, I'm in trouble. Others will be here discipline and they'll hear routine structure, which are things that we will rebel against, but actually love. It's quite a strange thing. It's like, I want structure, here's structure. No, I don't understand. Why are we fighting ourselves now? <laughs> but I think that... Somebody very, very clever that I quite enjoy, a friend of mine from the States, he said to me once, you can do anything you want as long as it's in the diary. Because I'd made a comment about, I just want to go to the forest and look at squirrels for two hours. And he was like, dude, put it in the diary. And for me, if you want to get into a space of looking after yourself, the question I ask all of my coaches is, are you in your diary looking after you? So is there a space in your diary for a date with you? Because ultimately, you've got to really enjoy hanging out with you because otherwise no other person will want to hang out with you. So having that time to have a self-date, just put some time in the diary and do what you want. Obviously, options have been more limited than before. But as we emerge into more freedoms, go to a coffee shop, buy yourself a, a nice hot chocolate. And if it's me, other people enjoy various other beverages are available. Um, and a book, that's a self-date. Going for a wander in the forests, that's a self-date. You know me well enough, um, Harry, to know that I'm a small fan of Lego. So grabbing a Lego thing and building it is a little bit of time for me to be with me and just let go of everything else. So put it in your diary. And yet becomes a discipline, it becomes a routine, a structure, insert the word here that you use for your life. But I can almost guarantee it, 
anyone that says I'm so busy, I'm not sure if I'm looking after myself, doesn't have them in their diary Actually, as a priority. It's interesting because the first time that I became aware of that type of thinking was from my father-in-law, who's a dentist, and he worked four days a week. Uh, he worked very hard, but he scheduled a run or a cycle every lunchtime. So in the winter, you know, he would go jogging, and and then he got, you know, he got into cycling later. So he would set, set himself a two-hour lunch break, and that was exercise. So it, so okay, it was scheduled exercise because he knew that if he uh, was fit, then he could perform better at his job. So I, I took a little bit of that, and and I do look at exercise as it's part of my job to to stay fit. And I and I, so I think that that resonated with me when you when you mentioned that. Um, the me time, I guess that's taking it to a another level because it's it doesn't matter what you do. Um, I'm a big fan of the four day work week. I'm I'm a big fan of innovation. It's like sometimes the best ideas come when you're in the shower or when you're just you know idle, uh, when your mind's just idling and ticking over. So um, I like to think that even with my with the businesses that I'm building, um, that 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 culture, you know, it gives that individual some time to work on whatever they want. And if they need to go hang out with their kids or or spend some time with their wife, then to me that that's important. So uh, you know, th- these are these are priorities. So I I do um, I do like that way of thinking. I also had a comment back when you when you talked about grief. So um, can you talk a bit about bereavement in the process too? Because grief is obviously quite a painful, it's almost like a, a loss. And then you've got the bereavement, which is slightly different where you're, where you're missing what you didn't have. Or maybe it's the fear of missing out, uh, FOMO. I, I don't know. Do you have any comments around bereavement? When, when someone's going through change and, you know, essentially they're, they're kind of shaking up their life and they're, they're, you know, they might be incorporating more healthy habits, uh, but they're still stuck on the old. Um, can you talk about that at all? About the difference between grief and bereavement, and if that factors into your philosophies. At the risk of stating the most obvious thing, being kind to yourself is the key. And when I say that, it's obviously a blanket statement. But what does it look like is really the the important thing. Um, my mom passed away a couple of years ago, and just after it, I was having the weirdest day of a roller coaster of emotions. And a friend of mine said to me, what's the problem? And I said, I feel guilty for having a good day. And he said, you're allowed to have a good day. And I think that when it comes to the grief and the bereavement, this applies. When you are going through a process of change, and that includes the loss of people, because that is a change in your world, being truly honest with the emotions on the day because you don't have spare energy to fake it is the kindest way to be kind to yourself. So if you're having a great day, don't fake having a bad day because you know people feel like you need to be having a bad day. And if you're having a, a, a bad day, don't fake having a good day because you want to try and be kind to other people and in so doing, you're not kind to yourself. So extrapolating that further into change, acknowledge the fact that there's gonna be some suck fest. Even if like it's what we want, it's change sucks. Like we don't like stepping out of our comfortable in whatever it is, be it a bad routine, a good routine, a new job, because you think about it, you get a new job and that's exciting. You're stepping into a new role, a new place, new salary, all of the new things. And we walk in, we're going, I hope they like me. And that is a scary thing to admit. 
that is a change process once again, but once again, it's an exciting change that has to have a, I might have a weird moment in the next couple of days and sort of melt and dissolve and wail in a corner and hug myself because it's all just a bit much. And I think the thing that we often forget is emotions absolutely are ambush mechanics. They will come out of nowhere when we least expect them. But if we are kind to ourselves when they try and ambush us, we can navigate them better, easier, and in many cases, faster. So it's just being open to the fact that you might need to take a beat because you've been ambushed. And that is the fastest way to get yourself out of the wobble, or as I call it, out of the chumbawamba moment. Because when you've been knocked down, you've got to get back up again. Um, and so, yeah, like for me, that's the, the, the big things. Be self-aware around the fact that you might be ambushed and injured by an emotion. Honor it. Don't try and hide it, or let's be honest, boys, bottle it. Um, and then just go, cool, that's fine. Can I deal with this right now? Maybe I can't. Just pop it over there, put it into the diary, bit of Rory time to process that. Be it, you know, watch random videos on YouTube and have a cry along with somebody's inspirational story. Go and dig a hole in the garden if you're a gardener or anything in between. But giving yourself time and permission to actually feel. So recently, I think it was so seven months ago, it was moving from corporate to your own journey with your own business. Um, so most, we're gonna have listeners out there that are doing or thinking about that transition, um, have something they want to do, have um, an idea they want to pursue. Um, what was that experience like? Can you explain the feelings? Um, can you explain the, the challenges and the rewards and just what that process was like? So I intentionally, the first week of me being in this full time going full guns at it, I actually planned nothing so that I could just honor the feelings that were going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. I knew there'd be a weird emotional roller coaster. And so I said to myself, okay, fine. Obviously, I'd planned like buffer, cash, etc. So it wasn't like, ah, I need to earn money right now. So I'd done my planning. So I'd put all of the structures and systems in place for the, the pay the mortgage stuff. And then I was like, right, there's going to be a lot of feeling stuff here because I knew that a, I was going to have a big miss my mom moment because I knew she'd be proud of me in this. So I was like, that's going to absolutely hammer me. And I can't be trying to have a deep, serious conversation with someone and be wanting to just wail because that's not going to help them. So I blocked a week and as it turned out, the weather was gorgeous. So I spent a lot of time pottering in the garden, which is where I do a lot of my recharging stuff. And sometimes I would just sit. <laughs> As the great phrase goes, sometimes I sits and thinks, and sometimes I just sits. And so sometimes I just sat in the sun, in the garden with the dogs around me and just let the feelings occur. And then I could process them in a safe and controlled way. Obviously, I have learned these techniques over time. And if people need help with that, I'm sure there are Brazilian people out there that can help. Please ask. And I think that's the most important thing. And I had friends that I had pre-warned, I might reach out next week because I'm having a roller coaster. And as a result, a train goes by. Thanks, guys. Um, um, but um, 
I said to them, there's a chance that I could phone you in absolute floods because I'm just feeling everything. And they were like, cool, we're available if you need us. So putting the structures and systems in place to take care of you is the biggest piece of advice that I would give anyone. Obviously, different people have different needs straight off the bat in terms of what you're starting, what you have to do, what industry is involved, and, and, and. But the most important person in your business and in your life is you. Because if you get absolutely sideswiped and wiped out on all of the emotional, physical, mental levels, you can't lead. Now, obviously, solopreneur, it's I'm leading me, <laughs> which is double the pressure, but less of the pressure, if that makes sense. If you're walking into owning a business or starting a business and having employees, whether or not it's like said, they are looking to you. And as a result, if you aren't looking after you, you've got nowhere to give from. Um, and I'll pause there in case there's any questions, but I want to talk about the giving tank, which is important as part of this. I'd like to take this moment to introduce to you our sponsor, Flexi, the must-have app to track and manage your subscriptions in one place. So most of us have multiple subscriptions nowadays for things like streaming services, gym memberships and food deliveries. These are great and take the hassle out of buying everyday products that we consume regularly, but it can be hard to keep track of them. That's where Flexi comes in handy, using super secure technology to connect your accounts to see all your subscriptions in a single dashboard, putting you in control of your spending. And what's more, Flexi's subscription marketplace allows you to discover new products you may love, or easy to pause, resume, or cancel in a swipe or two. So give Flexi a try, it's free to download from the App Store, or check out their website at www.flexiapp.uk. That's F-L-E-X-Y app.uk. Back to the podcast. I like the idea of actually scheduling time for my team, like almost giving them permission to to step off the gas and do what they want so maybe that's something as a i guess as a as a business leader i could perhaps make sure that my team are looking after themselves so it's almost like force like you know you've got two hours to do what you want um but maybe that's um i don't want to come across as being egotistic but i'm just thinking that you know it's it's i feel kind of responsible for my team being healthy um so that, that's interesting. Um, I also would say that just listening to you talk about emotions. So I think wherever, if we look around us, everything started with an emotion. You know, uh, if someone wanted to build a house, um, I don't know, cre creation. So I think it's important for our listeners and, and maybe you could got, got some comments on this. I think it, it's recognizing the type of emotion because obviously there's lots of different types of emotion and figuring out what to to do with it. So I, I think actually emotions can be real gifts. Um, and it's just how we harness their power, whether they're positive emotions or whether they're sad emotions. You know, I think it's just being, and maybe it comes down to this, this big bit, this self-awareness um, and, and also realization. I mean, living in the moment, I think is, is one really key thing. And I've mentioned earlier that something I've, struggle with over the years but but um you know i'm i'm really conscious of it that's really important um and just being our true authentic selves not trying to be people we're not um it sounds like in the performing arts i mean 
I know you mentioned this impromptu thing to kind of force you in the moment, but there's also the other piece where you're acting, you know, so, and there are certain situations perhaps more relevant to business where you have to put on a bit of a, you know, an act because <laughs> they don't want to hear about, you know, what your personal life or whatever. So you, you have to, but, but as long as you're not in that zone, I mean, but then again, you know, I'm a bit conflicted because if you can really be your true authentic self, in any setting, then you're going to be more successful. Sorry, just some just some thinking. So, anything about, um, I guess, recognizing and harnessing your emotions. It's almost like helicoptering over yourself to figure out, okay, what is Rory feeling, or Harry feeling, or Peter feeling, uh, and then just deciding how to deal with it. Um, you mentioned parking it for later, um, but if you're in the here and now, it's like here and now is really important. So. I'm sure there's, you know, um, I don't know whether you have any any comments to make to uh, to give on that. A multitude of comments. I just want to quickly go back to the to the to the employees thing that you said. Um, I think them knowing they have permission is enough. So if you say to the crew, guys, if anybody needs time for themselves, you like because people sometimes feel like they need to ask permission or they don't want to do it because they might get in trouble. But knowing that the permission has been granted or, and like reminded every X months, weeks, years, whatever, whatever you decide reinforces the culture of it's okay to look after you. I'm encouraging you to look after you because looking after you is important as a human being, let alone as a business owner. Like we don't want to be making people miserable and not, and like running them into the ground. Like that's just, well, I hope we don't. Um, nothing that here does, um, but that's an important thing to have in the tank. Like, give, let them feel like they've got the permission if they don't think they have it. it would be just the encouragement on that. Um, in terms of the emotion stuff, absolutely, it is. It's as black and white and grey as we make it, if that makes sense. So. There are times where we can't deal with it right now because it's not the right time. And that's when the, the, the park. So if you're aware enough and present enough to know now's not the time, then we park it for the later on. But sometimes it's absolutely the time to use it, utilize it, like let it fire you up, let it fool you up. Because there are so many positive emotions that can make us feel like we're walking on the proverbial cloud nine. And when used correctly make us as close to invincible inverted commas as we can be and it's in those moments where we can be massively creative massively productive and inspire etc etc but it's also sometimes the the scary emotions that can have the same effect from a different side of the same coin if that makes sense I know some people that if you really want to get the best out of them, royally, royally upset them. And then they're like, oh, 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 let's go. And all of a sudden they just take off. And in my experience, some of the best coders I've ever met, if you tell them they can't do something, whoo, <laughs> dials it up to 15 and gets it done. <laughs> so I think it's about just being aware enough to know, is this going to be usable for a good? And if it isn't, can I deal with it and acknowledge it and let it go? In the wise words of Elsa from Frozen, let it go. 
let it go or do i need to park it because that needs me and it to have a serious conversation quiet time meditatory type experience to be able to go cool why are we not being cool to each other and i think that all comes back to being open and honest about the fact that we have the feelings and they're okay you've got to give yourself permission as well to have that time off back to what james said earlier about giving his team that two-hour slot but i think also your comment rory about as long as they're aware they can have it it's down to them if they'd like to take that time but i think it's for ourselves as well it's saying we are allowed to take if we want to we have permission to take the hour off to go for that walk or that run or dig a hole in the garden or play with lego whatever you want to do um, <laughs> um so another thing you mentioned earlier rory was about the support network um, when you transitioned from the corporate world to your business um and that they were there if if you needed needed it why is having a support network because I, I again when i relaunched uh, the cocktail connoisseurs i had i was reaching out to all friends and family asking advice support so why is that support network so important the reason we need those support accountability encouragement networks quite simply is because sometimes we can't see the stuff that we are going through and they are the people that can with love cut through the bs and just tell it to us straight and that's why it's so important you you pick your people that are brave enough to call you on your stuff because i think it's so easy to surround yourself with yes people and there's nothing wrong with those people in the right situations but sometimes you need a true friend to be like hey stop it <laughs> and they deliver it with the right amount of love and compassion and sort of parental-esque feelings of loving gentle discipline but encouragement at the same time and so i cannot stress enough how important the right people around you is and the way i sense checked it is i always ask myself would this person call me out and if the answer is yes then they are the kind of people that I want to have in my account. Sometimes the answer is no, and that's fine. Then I put them in my cheerleader group. <laughs> and sometimes you just need a cheerleader to be like, you're awesome. And you're like, yes, I am. And off you charge again, because that's the little pump up you needed on the day. But some days you just need someone to be like, could you just calm your farm and relax? You actually can do this. And then it's encouragement, but it's a different kind of encouragement. And so, I think, I mean, it's the classic, no man is an island kind of phrase, <laughs> ironic. Um, but I think that when we get in our own head and we have no one to help us get out of our own head, we can get stuck in our own head and that's not healthy. Which is why through this time, like I've made a point of reaching out to people and I think it's gonna be so important over the next little while you monitor your Facebook, your social media feeds, whichever one, you know, not, not just Facebook is allowed. Um, your LinkedIn, your Twitter, your Instagram, your regulars that you always see posting and suddenly stop, reach out, check in. They might just be taking a break because they need a break, but they might also be taking a break because they just can't. And somebody reaching out when they can't reach out is the most powerful thing that people can experience. And very very and as i said in the beginning the whole grieving change of the exciting thing that we want to have happen now where people are going to have the anxieties of the exciting thing that we're going to have happen now 
they're going to run the gambit of emotion and go, I feel guilty for feeling weird, for feeling anxious about going to the pub again with my mates that I've been wanting to see for a year, but now uh, 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 I'm just going to go into myself. It's that's the time when we reach out and be like, dude, you okay? What's up? You, do you need a chat? Do you need emergency Lego? I can send you emergency Lego. I have sent a friend emergency Lego because I knew that he was having a really rough time and I knew that he loved Lego. So I was like, right, you know what? This small bit of Lego, give me your address. It landed. He played with Lego for 15 minutes and felt better. Now, it's a silly little example, but it cost me nothing. I mean, yes, it cost me a bit of money, but I don't care. Making sure that my mates more is, 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 is okay, priceless. And I think that having the, the wherewithal to have the support network around you means that you are then open to keeping an eye on other people as well. And it becomes a beautiful reciprocal thing. And then we can look after each other. Nice, nice message. Yeah, I think it's the little things, isn't it? It's the little, um, the little gestures um acknowledging other human beings you know adding some value even just yeah letting them know you're thinking of them uh i like to um it's about gratitude something i started a a while ago i I started a list of love letters um and i called them love letters but, but these were people that had touched me individually at some point in my life and some of them go back to childhood some of them you know, helped in my, my career or given me a, a referral or a business or whatever it is. I mean, across the gamut of personal and professional. And I just started writing uh, to these folks, you know, with a, a handwritten note. And I've, got, I've still got the list and I'm chipping away at it. Actually, I haven't done it for a while, so I need to actually go back to it. So, but, but uh, you know, you know that I, I'm not doing it to get anything back, but I just really appreciate what these people have done for me. Yeah. Um, and actually, some, some things are so small, they would never know. They would never know. Um, and that's quite rewarding because uh, people do respond in a really nice way sometimes. Sometimes you don't hear anything, but that's okay. You don't do it for that. Um, so it just made me think of it's just yeah. quite nice to, yeah, just have a, yeah, to, to ponder that for a bit. Mm. Sometimes something... it's the very small, small things, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. There's also something deeply powerful about giving with no expectation. So you writing that letter, you're like, I'm sending this to X person with no expectation beyond a thank you from me. If they give anything back, like you said, rad, if not, that's okay. And so I think that when we are reaching out with no expectation of anything other than I'm reaching out to make sure you're okay, anything that happens is awesome. It's funny. There was a, there was a lady called Judith Bowman that I used to know in Boston and she was an etiquette coach and she worked really hard. She's actually an author. And um, one thing I learned from her was, you know, the etiquette of when you when you thank someone, the etiquette is they they don't respond. Or if you get a thank you, it's to not respond because that's something that is given to you. And some of it's really hard not to respond to thank you, um, but you just kind of have to sit with it. Not to say you never respond, um, but that that's kind of so. You know, it's the same kind of if you're thanking someone, you're not doing it to get a response. And if you if you are, then it's maybe your motivations aren't quite a lot, you know, right. But anyway, so it made me think of Judith. She was brilliant, amazing woman. Rory, you mentioned about so I guess we're we're coming to the end, Touchwood of as lockdown lifts. Um, and you mentioned about sort of the the pub anxieties, the going back out again, the interacting with people after we've done it for over a year now on Zoom. 
Um, so what advice, so, and I'm, I can imagine there are huge amounts of people that are still anxious about everything that's going on. Um, they haven't really had a proper face-to-face interaction for a long time. What advice would you give to people that are, that are, that are going through this transition out of lockdown and having to get back to more of what we were before where they're going to pubs and interact face-to-face and maybe are anxious about this transition back out of change? I think the biggest things that we can do right now is listen like listen to ourselves and listen to each other. So if you want to go to the pub with your mate and they're like, oh, I'm not really sure. Don't be all, I could use a rude word here, but I won't, about it and go, why don't you come to the pub with me? Like, it's not about you at that point. They clearly have a reason that they don't want to be there. And so being compassionate and be like, cool, what's like, is it the crowds? Is that the problem? Yeah, I'm a bit worried about the crowds. Do you want to go for a walk? like in a forest where there's just the two of us and we can stand far enough apart to be able to yell and hear each other without annoying the whole pub. <laughs> like, like I think so listening to yourself, how are you really feeling? Don't say yes because you feel pressured into saying yes. To, it's like, it's like a weird peer pressure thing. Now everyone's going to assume that every, everyone that's desperate to go to the pub is going to assume that everyone else is desperate to go to the pub. And that is a, dangerous assumption to make so if people don't want to go check in and find out why and if you are a person that is not sure be honest don't be like i've got to wash the budgie like no that's not helping anyone unless you literally have to wash the budgie be honest about the reason as to why you don't want to go i'm feeling a little anxious i'm not comfortable in crowds yet awesome thank you for letting me know friend i won't invite you but i want to go for a walk next week how does walk sound to you? Yes, I'm comfortable with a walk. Great. It's going to be a gradual transition because, I mean, at the risk of oversimplifying it, for the last year and a bit, we've been given the following message. Don't go outside. You might die or kill someone. And now we're basically being told, hey, we've all been stabbed. Hug everyone and lick their face. Like, like there is a massive, massive jump between those two statements. And everyone's going to roller coaster that differently. And so the most important thing we can do right now is listen to ourselves and each other and be kind. I never even thought it'd be a thing. I would think if anyone be desperate to go out, I can't imagine. I mean, I'm, you know, those pubs need us for our listeners out there. They're on the fence. You know, our pubs, are, they're struggling. Get it, get out and get a beer or a non-alcoholic soda water. <laughs> but it definitely is that it's that transition there definitely is that the anxieties about it people yeah going into these places because i mean most places are fully booked for the, from the first months but there are people that will will feel that anxiety and will feel that pressure of, of trying to get back to normal after we had to change so quickly yeah um so rory we are slowly running out of time but could you no <laughs> share um with us if we could organize you to have a coffee with anybody tell us who and why how many people am I allowed to attend? Well, I'm going to give you two this time. We normally say one, but I'm feeling okay. like I'm feeling generous. So two. Okay, perfect. So number one, without a shadow of a doubt, would be a gentleman by the name of Lloyd Griffith, who was my summer camp leader when I was there for three of the four years. And he single-handedly is one of the greatest influences of my life from a reminding me to always find surprise and delight and find the fun. He was the youngest 65 year old I've ever met. 
tore around like an absolute 12 year old and had the grandest time and led by example. And as a result, we were able to have the most epic of epic adventures. And the second person is Yoda because Yoda's rad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we haven't had that answer yet. (laughs) Because Yoda's just rad. (laughs) Peter, Peter, (laughs) you normally have a great question. Somewhere in there, no pressure, but Peter normally wheels out the best questions at the end. Yeah, so at the end of each podcast, they always give me the, the kind of final question or last question. And maybe I'm trying to... So what I've written is, uh, could you explain the term, the difference between the terms of like a life coach and an executive coach? I guess this is, our audience is quite young. And so if these terms get thrown around, lots of business terms and they're things that I don't understand. So uh, maybe the audience won't understand as well. Yeah. So could you define what a life coach is and what an executive coach is? It is a bit of a personal inter... um interpretation but in my opinion a life coach is someone that helps you demystify some of we're going to call it the stuff because it's different stuff for everyone in your life and helps you find ways to cope with it tools to use to not need to have to deal with that anymore and also helps you with your identity because a lot of time our identity is wrapped up in what we do and not who we are. And I use football as a classic example. A lot of people are like, I'm so-and-so the footballer, so-and-so the footballer, so-and-so the footballer. And then when they stop being a footballer, they're like, I'm so-and-so the nothing because I'm not a footballer. Actually, you're so-and-so, you played football and you are a bunch of other things. So that's a lot of what life coaching is. Executive coaching is that plus businessy stuff. Now, it's not business coaching. So it's not about sort of the spreadsheets and the targets and the, and the, it's more about the emotional, emotional side of managing people, managing a business. A lot of the time I end up doing executive coaching for people that have recently been promoted. So like a week ago, they were out on the razzle with their mates and coming in hungover. And today they've got to discipline their mates that went out last night on the razzle and are coming in hungover. And now they've got to be like, okay, friend, I know what you did and why you did it and how you did it, but you can't do it anymore. And that's quite a big emotional roller coaster to work through. So that is my interpretation of the differences Great. between the two. Um, and then uh, my final question would be, you mentioned a lot about being present and kind of being in the moment. Um, and for me, that's something that those two phrases, even though I'm 30, yeah, 35 this year, feel like very new to me. Like in the last few years, they've kind of, whether it's, through conversations with friends or just kind of maybe the climate of talking about mental health in a much more open, open way, or me just being more open to it uh, possibly. But um, could you, I don't know if I've written down, could could you give three useful steps to becoming more present? I don't know if that's uh, applicable, but kind of how do you, how would you become more present? Yeah, sure. So the first thing I tell all new coaches to do and I give this advice for free, so I'm happy to, is to start an all wonder and joy diary. Now, it's similar to gratitude journaling, but different in that I can be grateful for my water bottle, but it doesn't necessarily bring me all wonder or joy. It brings me lovely water when I'm thirsty. But all wonder and joy are feeling words. If you ask someone to describe their week and it's been a rough one, they will give you all of the negative feeling words to describe it all. 
And so by looking for awe, wonder, and joy, other people can say surprise and delight in your day, you become more aware of everything around you. It is also a beautiful exercise to do because if you write it down every day, and I tell them to write down one thing, just one thing that brought them either or wonder or joy. It could bring them all three, but it's literally one thing. And it can be as small as I walked outside and saw a bumblebee. And I love bumblebees. And it was my first bumblebee of the season. Woo! To I landed the biggest client of my life. I'm now going to buy an island next to Richard's. Like anything and everything in between. And what you do is you realize that the, like the sucky stuff doesn't stop happening. But what happens is, there's that math, the, the, the B word, balance. We start to see the other stuff as well. And that is how you can become more present and aware of what's going on around you. It, quite simply, it's by looking. And if you've got an intention around doing like an all wonder and joy diary, you can start to see it more regularly. And it builds the magic, magical resilience word as well, because you then don't think, oh, it was the worst week ever. What happened? Well, uh, uh, did you write anything in your diary? Well, yes, on Monday this happened, on Tuesday this happened, on Wednesday this happened. Oh, okay, so it wasn't the worst week ever because you could find something each day. And what I always encourage people is sometimes a majestic cup of something warm and lovely on a rubbish day could be the moment. Like, it can literally be like rubbish day, meetings, shouted at, oh, epic cup. <laughs> Good. And like, that can be it. And if you're looking for it, you will find it. You won't. And if you're not. Yeah. I like that. That's really nice. And it's the little things, isn't it? The little, the little tiny bits of joy. Uh, I think we can all do with a bit more fun. And, but I, yeah, I think once you start looking for it, then you're going to see it everywhere. Just like if you buy a red car, you're going to see red cars everywhere of the same make. So yeah. where do they all come from? It's just because you're aware of it. Yeah. That's a really, that's a nice, um, yeah. Yeah. Nice. And I think. Yeah, and I think the real big thing is, and as and I stress it a lot, is it doesn't make the sucky stuff disappear. But it means that we find other stuff too to balance it. And it's all about that mythical balance. And that's so, so important. Um, I'm not sure how much time we have left, but can I quickly talk about the giving tank that I spoke about earlier? And this is something that's really important right now for everyone. So we have what I call the giving tank inside. So this is empty and this is full. And when we're up here, we can give from a place of love. And then what happens is we go flat out or life gets flat out and we go here into deficit. Now insert classic analogy. Can you run your car without petrol? Can you run your phone without a battery? No. Now when we're over here, we're giving from a place of resentment. And so we have to be giving back to ourselves. And what I've experienced talking to a lot of people at the moment is a lot of us have been running here for a very long time. And so what people are starting to do is pause and give to themselves, take a beat, self-reflection, self-care. And they give and they give and they give. And they get to here, which is zero. And they think, I've given so much to myself. I feel so refreshed. And then they go back into flat out and they go, well, why do I hate everything again? We've got to be giving back into the place where we can give from love. Because that is how we are the most effective the best at what we do and the most enjoyable to be around because nobody likes being around grumpy tigers. It's just miserable. And so if I could leave anything of the day amongst all the other mischief that I've dropped, check your tank 
Like how full is your tank? Are you running beyond zero? And do you need to put in a hard graft of look after you to get back to give from love again? Because it's really sucky to be doing something that you love with resentment because you're exhausted and you haven't taken care of you. Very good. Wow. Well, I was going to ask one final bit of advice, but yeah, I think we've just really had good. it right I, there. I, I like that. <laughs> just I, brilliant. I like that. that makes a lot of sense. Brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah, you need to get above that line, otherwise you will burn out. Um, yes. So how, so how do our listeners find you, Rory, um, if they want to get in touch or learn more about your Mischief. Uh, personal coaching or success coaching? You can find me um, on LinkedIn. Um, I'm there. That's probably one of my biggest spaces that I play on. I'll, I Actually, at the moment, what I'm doing is I'm doing little 20-second mindful moments. Every day, I put up a little 20-second video just for people to take a beat in the day if they're not able to. Um, I am in the process of growing my Instagram experience, the great gram, and then roaringberry.com is my site and you can go there. There's some video and mischief and mayhem and you can connect with, a, connect with me for a brain jam, sign up for the Roaring Tales brain jam for your inbox, which is my mailing list. Um, and most importantly, yeah, just reach out. Let's, let's have a brain jam. Nice. Awesome, Rory. Well, you've been, it's been awesome to have you on the show today. Thank you very much for joining us. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Rocket Pod. Now, join us next week, and I'm very excited because we're bringing on the mic American zoologist Dr. Laurie Marker. Now, Dr. Laurie is an amazing lady and is the founder of the most successful cheetah conservation fund in Africa. Now, we're going to be talking all about these amazing animals and why they're becoming so endangered. Thank you as always to our sponsor Flexi, who is the mecca for all your subscriptions. And one thing that I do really like about their platform is before you sign up for that monthly, two monthly, three monthly basis on the subscriptions, you can actually buy one of the products first, which allows you to test the product before you actually sign up. Again, check it out at flexiapp.uk. That's F-L-E-X-Y app.uk. Have an amazing day. We'll see you next time.